1: Welcome to your partner in success radio. This is where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my truly amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must listen. So let's dive in, sit back, relax. And prepare to explore the limitless possibilities that await you on this journey to success and today I am really excited we just in the green room we were laughing at the storm but I have the pleasure of welcoming empowerment expert Jennifer mrozak Sukalo. now Jennifer is deeply committed to empowering people helping them unlock their potential embrace confidence and set forth on a journey of prosperity Her impactful contributions have earned recognition and esteemed publications like Live Strong, Prevention Magazine, Fast Company, and many more. And she stands as a globally sought-after authority in leadership and personal development. You can't have one without the other, as far as I'm concerned. Boasting over 12 years of consultancy experience, catering to high-achieving individuals in multinational Fortune 500 companies, and her influence- Sorry, my cat is stepping on my keyboard. Her influence, (laughs) influence. Oh, (laughs) what? I'm going to cut this part out. Her influence reaches approximately 50,000 leaders spanning diverse cultures, countries, and industries. And here's what I really want to talk about Jennifer is the author of Claim Your Swagger, Stop Surviving, and Start Thriving. Love that title. And that book is on my desk as we speak. Jennifer, good morning. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. And listen, thank you for sending your book to me. Your insights and your perspectives, truly made for an engaging weekend read. I read it on Sunday. And I'm excited to delve into our discussion today and explore how to empower ourselves to new heights
0: Thank you so much for inviting me to join you and I too am so excited to be here and to talk about uh, all the wonderful things that you learned and more importantly what others can learn.
1: Well, and like as I was to thank you, and it landed here on Saturday morning, I think, and as I was telling you in the green room. I tend to read my author books twice. The first time I kind of scan through them because many times, right now we're booked through January. So it may be a while before I'm going to actually get you on the podcast. But then just before, and I'm a voracious reader, so it is no big deal for me to read an entire book in a sitting. I do it all the time. Just before, that's when I take my sticky notes and my pen, I will not mark on a book. It's against the law. As far as I'm, you don't do that. But I have sticky notes and index cards. And these poor books, they get fat by the time I'm through <laughs> with them.
0: They <laughs> so <I> gain weight.
1: <laughs> it's that You ought to see it. And my sticky notes are different colors. You know, they mean different things to me. So, But I have to tell you, I read this on Sunday. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. Saturday... <laughs> I was busy looking at my Excel spreadsheet, doing a lot of crying and cursing. I spent the whole day looking at my fourth quarter going, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, geez. So having your book on Sunday was like, oh, I think I'm going to live. So thank you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Oh,
0: you are so welcome. And I'm glad it resonated with you.
1: (laughs) Well, it landed just when it needed to land because I'm telling you, I I don't like numbers. I really
0: don't. And I don't like <laughs> you ex- and I alike. I, um, I'm the same. I could have, if somebody else could take care of the numbers, I'd be much happier.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I listen, I budgeted everything. I was so proud. I budgeted down to the $18 it will take for a Christmas gift for my little niece. Everything <laughs> is in there. And then I had a long talk. Do not buy another thing. Okay. And then I read your book. So. Here we go. We're off and running. So tell the audience about you. I mean, you have got just a heck of a resume.
0: I have a very eclectic background. And I am so grateful for that, because I don't think without my background, I well, I know without my background, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. But my my undergrad and graduate degrees all center around behavioral change. And I've spent pretty much my entire life focusing on helping people create positive and sustainable change in their lives. And that has taken many different versions, if you will, uh, of how I've done that. I've worked with cancer survivors and coaching cancer survivors. I worked in the health and wellness industry, uh, most recently in as a global leadership consultant, working with aspiring leaders all the way up to the C-suite of organizations and traveled all over the world, engaging with people from different cultures and seeing that ultimately we're all exactly the same from the standpoint of a lot of the challenges and the things that we face in life are very similar, but each one of us is unique and extraordinary in our own way. And I always really wanted to help people tap into and use what they already have so that they could learn to one step up and really become the leader of their life. Most people don't even realize that they're the leader of their life and step into that role and then truly become the best version of themselves they can be and live their best life.
1: Well, Exactly. And as I was mentioning, again, in the green room, we had I probably should have just recorded that and we could have called it done. <laughs> we, were, we were chatting up a storm. But the thing is, I'm looking at this book and I'm i am thumbing through it now with all my little stickies am go, I knew that. I knew that. Well, why am I not doing that? There's there's a lot of this in here. I think we know instinctively, mm-hmm. but we're not studying it and we're not practicing it.
0: Well, and I like to say it's it's an excellent point, Denise, and it's something that I have I have used this phrase for so many years, especially with leaders all over the world. Knowing is not the same as doing. And we know a lot of things, but unless we're literally doing them or practicing them on a regular basis, then knowing it doesn't mean anything. And I like to say that swagger actually is not just a word, it's a lifestyle and it's something that needs to be worked on and practiced daily. And that's the key. It is. And let's talk about swagger because it's,
1: and you say that in the book, it's not just a word, it's a lifestyle, mm-hmm. It's something that we have to practice daily mm-hmm. that bears repeating. So tell us what swagger stands for, because when I got the book and I had you know spoken with you in a pre-interview, I said, swagger, I like that. And I liked it better when I understood what it meant.
0: Well, Swagger, I was, as I was writing, this book kind of took on a life of its own and it evolved. And I kept thinking, okay, what, what's the real hook here that I want to land on? What is, what's the brand? What's the, the word that is really speaking to me? And the word that kept coming to me during that time when I was really exploring what I wanted this to become was the word Swagger. And in the book, I I talk about the fact that I had severe test anxiety as a child, and I really struggled in some of my studies and how to study. And so acronyms became a useful tool for me, and one that I still use today, clearly. And so as I landed on the word swagger, I wanted to create a completely different definition of it because... If you look it up in the dictionary, it doesn't have a really favorable definition. It's it talks about being arrogant and these things, not very favorable when you look at it. But the word swagger is really becoming more commonplace in our nomenclature and how we're speaking to one another. You see it a lot more. And so I wanted to define it differently. And, and so I created an acronym. And so swagger stands for self-worth. Appreciation for your strengths and limitations, gratitude for how your life experiences have shaped who you are, grounded in your core values, empowered to overcome your self limiting beliefs, and re- renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. And when you do that work and when you practice those things on a regular basis, That's when you claim your swagger, and that's when you truly step into and embrace who you were meant to and born to be.
1: And one of the things that I wanted to, you know, kind of ask you about, because I'm guilty. I do this all the time. Yeah, this these are all great ideas. And I know this one, and I'm going to do this, but I don't have time, Mm -hmm. which is nonsense. You find the time. And I have to go back to swagger. When I think of swagger, I think of John Wayne. That's what's in Mm -hmm. my... I mean nobody swaggered better than him. Right.
0: Right. But why did why did he have that ability? I would venture to guess that he probably knew himself really really well. He was probably comfortable in his own skin. He was not necessarily uh swagger's not about being the most beautiful person on the planet. It's not about your outward beauty. It's about this Light and this glow that you give off, this energy that is palpable. And that is because you have an inner self confidence, a self assuredness about you. You know who you are. You're comfortable in your own skin, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you've come to terms with it all. And that gives you the ability to have that swagger. And see, I love that.
1: And I mean, you're right. I always, you know, I. Love old black and white movies I'm not a TV watcher I'd really just I'll read I'll read a cereal box But don't make me watch a movie I just don't enjoy it <laughs> I fall over and go to sleep And drool on the cat It's not fun But John Wayne You know Every once in a while I think Well mm-hmm. You know It's it's icky outside It's gonna rain It's dark It's gloomy I couldn't In the deep south We call that Well where I live In Cajun country We call that Gumbo go go And dodo Gumbo is food Mm -hmm. You can about imagine what that is, but I call it a John Wayne day. It's (laughs) popcorn, hot chocolate. That's right.
0: It's a perfect day for that.
1: (laughs) But then you get to what you're talking about and the way you just described him and everybody Mm else has swagger, I think was perfect. It was brilliant. But we do have to learn how to use it. And Mm -hmm. we do have to learn to take the time to, to understand who we are.
0: Well, we have to make ourselves a priority. And we, uh, so many people that I work with, and that I engage with, we tend to put ourselves last on the priority list. And there's a reason that on the airplane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first, because you can't help somebody else if you're not, if you're not able to if you're not breathing. And it's the same in life. We been so conditioned to put everybody else first everything else is a priority and we put ourselves at the last of that list but if we actually flipped that put ourselves at the top of the list and created some simple daily practices that helped us move into every single day the best that we possibly could we have that much more to give and to offer we have that much more to to be able to take care of those we care about and to perform at all of the things that we're being asked to do on a daily basis.
1: So when, when somebody, and I'm sure you talk with an awful lot of people about this, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm worn out, I don't have any mm-hmm. swagger. I'm done. Mm-hmm.
0: Your swagger's not gone. It needs to be reclaimed. Cause see, we all go through our own trials and tribulations in life. And it's, may seem like our swagger is diminished or gone for good. But really, it just needs to be reignited. You have to redevelop or create a new relationship with your self-worth. You have to identify, become aware of, and start using your talents and your strengths that you have, you're born with. You have to really learn to practice gratitude and live grounded in your values every single day. You have to recognize when those self-limiting beliefs come up because they come up for all of us all the time. I don't care who you are. We all have them. And really honing in on that purpose, that thing that drives you, that why, the why you get up every day. When you are really crystal clear on all of those things, when you can truly be able to practice those and live those, your swagger will come back to life
1: well, it does and like I told you earlier, well I was mired deep into fourth quarter Excel
0: spreadsheets, <laughs> crying a bit. You know? <laughs> I can only imagine the thoughts going oh, through your head. How are those self limiting yeah. beliefs happening and then, Denise? What's uh, going on for you? <laughs>
1: it was awful. I, I was going, you know, and listen, when I tell you, I budgeted the last $18 and said, don't you buy another thing. You're done for the year. This is what we're yep. doing. I totaled up everything that I've got going out, everything I've got going in, what's critical. And I didn't bite the cat's tail when he stepped on my keyboard, but I came close to it. I really did. But then I opened up your book. You know, I was all done. I did not stop. I refused to stop. It's critical work. It had to be done. I've been putting it off. Mm. It, It had to be done. So Sunday, I grabbed your book, took pictures of it, grabbed your book, went outside with my blankie, and, you know, just it was gorgeous out there. And uh, one of the first pages that I really started going, okay, where are my index cards, was um, page 53. Mm -hmm. and It's an activity, and I love that you have activities in this book, but this one is called Identifying Your Greatest Opportunities. Mm -hmm. Well, I just did all that in my Excel spreadsheet. Okay, now, then I had to check my work, because I went through (laughs) your activity (laughs) and went, uh, okay, I'm going back in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was just such an eye opener. And honestly, when I you know did all that hard discovery work mm. on Saturday, read the book on Sunday, and I have to tell you, I woke up this morning, feeling physically lighter than I have for a long time.
0: It's amazing when it we is. actually take a moment to reflect. And it doesn't have to be a long, long period of time. That is the reason why I put some of these activities in here in these daily reinforcements. One, because we can't just read something and create change. We have to do something. And as we've already mentioned, knowing is not the same as doing. So you have to physically start doing some of this because what we're talking about and what I really focus on in the book is we're creating mindset shifts. We're shifting habits. We're creating new beliefs, new patterns, and behavior, all of that takes time. You can't simply flip a switch and expect something to be different. You have to, over time, create a new neural pathway that becomes your new pattern of behavior. Let me give you a really simple example. I use this a lot because it's, it's visually easy to understand about habits. So in the house we lived in before, the sink in the kitchen had one of those faucets where you run your hand under the water and water would turn on or off. Well, we've since moved into a different house. And in this sink in the kitchen, you have to physically turn the water on and off. And if I'm not really intentional, if I'm thinking about something else or in a different moment of time and kind of just not really in the moment where I am, I will catch myself still running my hand under the faucet, thinking the water's going to turn on because that habit that I had before is still there. I'm still recreating the new one, the new pattern of behavior. And we can't do that without the practice.
1: Exactly. And I'm laughing because I've lived in my house for 50 years. I still can't turn on the light switches. I've got rooms that have multiple <laughs> lights. I'm like, I just flip them all up and, you know, turn them all on and then turn off the ones I don't need because I have never practiced figuring out what turns what on. It's really exactly. inviting.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: every day I'm like, oh, just take the time. Create a little map. No, I don't know. It's no, there's other
0: things more important.
1: <laughs> and in that case, there really are more. things. Right, right, right. I'm laughing because I think we all do that. You know, we, we get do. muscle memories and mm-hmm. they don't go away until you go, do I need this anymore?
0: It <laughs> takes intentionality and focus. And then as I talk about in the book, you know, it really takes P to the power of three patience, practice and perseverance.
1: You Let's have got
0: to put those in there.
1: P to the power of three, that's also on my sticky notes. So let's go deep into those.
0: So as I, I created that phrase, because really success, especially when you're talking about behavioral change, when you're talking about creating new habits, it requires P to the power of three, patience, practice, perseverance. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to realize that it took us a long time to get to who we are today. That means it's likely not going to be changing overnight. We have to really be kind of show ourselves a little grace and know that this process is going to take some time and be patient with it. And then we have to be willing to do the work. We have to put the practice time in. We cannot be good, great, or even good at anything without practice.
1: And And I love. it's on page 11, by the way, for our yeah. audience. And you use a term that I use all the time. And that's relentless curiosity, yes.
0: relentless curiosity. You have to be curious. You have to want to figure out where do I go from here? What is the next step? What could, what could this path, where could this path take me? How did I become who I am today? Being willing to question and being curious is essential in this work to claim your swagger. Absolutely essential. And the last piece of that P to the power three formula is perseverance. We will only fail if we give up. We well, have to keep going.
1: That's exactly right. And you started this chapter and I'd kind of chuckled. You started this chapter and it says, you did it. You turned the <laughs> That's amazing, and I'm sitting. I'm out there at my bistro table,
0: just laughing and thinking. The neighbors are gonna hear me. I
1: I was cracking up.
0: Well, because I mean, people could get to the end of the first chapter and decide, yeah, no, okay, I'll I'll get to this later. But it requires that commitment to self and saying, no, I I matter, and I'm gonna do this, and so I'm gonna keep going.
1: That's exactly right. So when you're working with people, how much resistance if any, I mean, do you do you encounter because I'm guessing just based on the way I've reacted to the book and and to chatting with you that when you're ready, you're ready and there's not going to be a whole heck of a lot of resistance and you probably don't need to be gently reminded. Or, you know, if you're married, you have a degree in, in nagging.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs>
1: I call it gentle reminding. <laughs> <laughs> a little encouragement here and there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And I'll tell you, and I nag me all the time. I get tired. I'm like, shut up.
0: Go take a seat. Stop Well, it's so me. funny because, you know, my husband, th- because we're all different. And what, what we respond to is quite different. So some people respond to making it a competition, right? And whether it's with themselves or somebody else, they really thrive on that kind of competitive spirit. Well, my husband is like that. And so for him, everything is a competition. And he tries to make everything a competition, even when the two with the two of us, when we're focused on certain things about our own development, our own personal development and growth. And I look at him and I said, honey, I'm not you. And first of all, I don't need you to challenge me. I do that all by myself. And I have my own ways to kind of be competitive. And it's mostly with myself. It's not with anybody else. And certain things that I'm working to achieve. But I said, i that doesn't work for me. So you can stop, you can stop wasting your energy on that because it's not working.
1: <laughs> How, how's that going for you?
0: He, I have to keep reminding him that it doesn't work because he just says he, he hasn't quite got it yet.
1: That was the real question. So, there's a reason so I'm just going to keep
0: reminding him, honey. Thank you for that. I know you mean well, but it doesn't work for me.
1: No, and I wa- we're going to spend too much time giggling. I think in in here, I'm in. I where I'm. I'm on page twelve it says that you like to view patients as a choice. You you have Mm -hmm. to choose whether to endure it or to wait Mm -hmm. and whether or not to complete complain or get annoyed. I can't even talk now, get annoyed or upset. And that led me back to a thought that years ago I'd hired my very first business coach. And I think she was listening to me. I, i'm gonna say vent but i was whining let's let's just call it what it is and she was very quiet and i thought oh she hung up on me <laughs> she's gonna want her money back you know that's mm-hmm. i just lost my coach and she said something to me that has stuck with me yeah. all of these years it said denise yes ma'am what are you tolerating mm-hmm. scared the crap out of me
0: hmm yeah No, it is truly, it's truly a choice. I think there's a couple of really key components in this book that one, as I was doing my research and really pulling it together, they really stood out for me. And that was part of the reason why I embedded them into the book. And one of them is this concept of patience as a choice. And we have so many choices every single day. And one of the other big ones is we can choose how we think I mean, these are just massive concepts that, once you embrace them and really own them, you have so much more power back in your in your hands. You're no longer a victim with life happening around you. You're choosing how to engage with the world around you. That's your choice,
1: exactly. And you can choose to be kind. And yes, I wish more people would do that. Just as, for instance, I bought an office chair that. Is going to have to go back. It's just not doing what it's supposed to do. It won't stay up. It keeps falling down. I'm, you know, I'll catch myself going, "Why am I way down?" Oh, geez, yeah, And there's no repl- It's just going to have to be replaced. So I got on chat and started talking with a guy. Um, he wasn't English was not his first language, but he was very sweet and he really wanted to help me. And, you know, I would say, thank you. And I would say, okay, I'll wait. You know, I was just very, very polite, Southern polite, which, you know, I'm going to do anyway. And I have to tell you, Jennifer, at the end of it, I wish I'd taken a screenshot. He was so fulsome in his praise of my kindness to him. And I thought, oh my God, what do you put up with on a daily basis? Oh,
0: you could, you can only imagine. And that was why I used the story I did to illustrate that when I went to go get a new cell phone, because it happens all the time. And we just, Every interaction we have with another human being is an opportunity to positively impact that person. But we forget about that because we're so focused often on ourselves or being selfish or worrying about what we have to do next or where we're rushing off to. And instead of just stopping and being in the moment and going, how could I be at my best in this moment? And how could I just observe and pay attention to. How I can be kind to somebody else that, oh, by the way, is trying to help me. Exactly.
1: And, you know, I just, and I've had this happen a few times recently because nothing has changed with me. I'm always this way. But I think a lot of people right now, there's so much stress and strain in the world mm. that, you know, people, it's getting taken out. It's get getting them in the crossfires. Yes especially if they're in customer service, it's just really difficult. And I'm noticing it more and more thinking, okay, and your book, you know, kind of reinforced what I was thinking. Mm. Like, you know, if you're treating somebody like that, how are you really treating
0: yourself? Mm -hmm. Because you can't be, you can't really spread kindness if you're first and foremost, not haven't been kind to you. Like it starts with self. It starts with self. And then you can spread it outward, but you have to take that first step and look inward and say, why am I so upset with me? What is causing me to be angry right now or impatient with myself or unkind to myself?
1: and when you're nasty to somebody else, at least this is my experience and it'll happen rarely, thank goodness, but it will happen. I'm tired. I'm irritated. You're not giving me what I want. Yes. It's all from me. It's not coming from you. That's just Mm -mm. all. when I'm through with that interaction, I feel
0: terrible. Absolutely horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But when you've been kind to someone, how does it make you feel?
1: I really enjoyed that. You know, I mean, he Mm -hmm. twice, he said, you know, and he called me Miss Denise. He must've known I was in the South. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, twice he reiterated, you know, just, uh, he must've had a really horrible day.
0: Yeah. But you got to be a bright spot in his day.
1: Well, that's what he said, basically. Yes.
0: Yes. And we don't, we underestimate the power of these simple interactions that they could be exactly what that person needed in that moment to not only brighten their day, but to change the tra- trajectory of that day and sometimes even their life. I mean, oh. I have another example in the book of, I just made some comments to the bartender one time at the restaurant where we were, because he was being derated by this horrific individual who thought that they were the most important person on the planet. And when that person left and I just merely said, because I had observed, they were doing an amazing job. This place was slammed and they were trying to keep everything moving. And you could tell how hard they were working at that. And I made a comment to that and I let them know that I appreciated it. And they came up to my husband and I afterwards, after we were seated at dinner, said, you have no idea how close I came to quitting. That Oh. Oh, no. And it was because of those comments that that individual, you know, over time, you get beat down, beat down, beat down, but you could be that bright spot in somebody's day that turns it around.
1: Let's talk about, I'm calling it an imposter syndrome. Mm. But you're describing the way we beat ourselves down too. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh my and gosh. That's we are
0: our worst. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am my worst critic. I'm, I'm, oh, I can fair. be horrific to myself. And we wouldn't let anybody, anybody talk to our friends or loved ones the way that we allow ourselves to talk to ourselves.
1: Oh, Jennifer, I tell people this all the time. If I were to speak to anybody, let's say a Walmart parking lot, the way I speak to myself, I would need bail money.
0: No kidding. Seriously. It's awful. It's awful. And they show up. I I call them our uninvited guests, these self-limiting beliefs that tend to come in and kind of take a hijack us, if you will. And they will show up at the most inopportune times. And yet we can, we can decide whether we want to listen to them, whether we want to let them in, whether we want to continue to rely on their counsel, or do we want to thank them for coming and say, you're no longer welcome. And I don't need you anymore.
1: I would say, go, you know, get out, go away. Yeah. And I do frequently when I catch myself and we have, you know, some pathways that we've built up in our head that we've trod those lanes so Mm. many times that it's hard to get away from them. But I have found if I will stop, literally Mm -hmm. stop in my tracks and say, Denise, let's have a chat.
0: You're absolutely right. No, that's the key. And, and I talk about in the book is doing reps. I call it reps, like we do reps with exercise. So it's, you know, you have to reflect. You have to evaluate and you have to pivot. So you have to actually know what's going on. You have to be aware of what's happening and what changes in your body how are you feeling when those voices show up what's going on during that time what triggered it and then you have to evaluate be willing to kind of ask some questions and go wait a minute is this the truth or is this just something i believe is this real and then we have to be able to pivot we can pivot by the by choosing a different path or a different phrase that we can say to ourselves we do not have to be held hostage to those thoughts we have to recognize that they're happening we have to evaluate them and we have to be able to pivot
1: see I love that you said that because over the weekend when I was having this heart-to-heart talk with me in my Excel spreadsheet I'm not going to say it again I'm tired of it already but but I, I was looking back at some things that, okay, I was going to do this. I haven't done this. Can this be worked into at the end of the year? And I sat back and I went, hang on a second. I don't know if that's a real memory. And it wasn't, I was off mm-hmm. by a solid two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't believe everything we tell ourselves is what you're well,
0: saying. No, 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 you, we can't because see, well, and there's a couple interesting things about our self-limiting beliefs. One when you do the research and you go, you start reflecting back on where did these start? More often than not, our self-limiting beliefs started from a place of protection. They were started to try and protect us from being hurt or from pain or from some kind of uh, negative experience, if you will. And so they they started in a place to help us, believe it or not, which sounds counterintuitive, but that's really where they start. Now, over time, we've continued to rely on their counsel and we believe them. But what we have to remember is a belief is just that. It's something we believe. It's not necessarily the truth or factual. And so we, we can also change and reframe the stories we've told ourselves over time so we can go back in time look at where they started and try and identify well wait a minute is that truly the story is that story still accurate that i'm telling myself about that memory or not now that i'm older now that i've experienced more in life i can go back and revisit some of these things and I can rewrite the story. I can rewrite the story I tell myself about that memory, which then changes how I choose to respond to it. And I no longer need that defense mechanism of my self-limiting belief to protect me because I've come to terms with whatever that is, because I've now reframed the whole story and the whole memory. And the
1: thing with memories is that we're going to see them differently than let's say a sibling i lost my yes. brother a couple of years ago He was a double lung transplant and he he had eight years so he didn't complain but we got to kind of reminiscing when he knew he was not going to be around mm. much longer and we got to reminiscing and he would tell a story i said that didn't happen oh yes it didn't off would go <laughs> was, yes. my either. sister and i do
0: the same thing yeah. she remembers Steph, and i go I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you can't remember that. Well, <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> or I remember it completely differently. Completely differently. Exactly. Exactly. But we were probably at the same experience. We just chose to remember it. And the stories we tell ourselves are different about that same experience.
1: Whether it's true or not.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. That's the scary part. Yes. There, But once you start doing this kind of work and you start really delving into what's important, why Mm -hmm. am I preventing myself from doing the work that I want to do, Mm -hmm. that I'm really good at, and why, this is another thing for me, why am I doing work that I shouldn't be touching? I have a team for that. Right. You know, it's procrastination is what that is, but... Mm. Yeah, oh, I'm
0: good at that. I'm oh, really I have a degree. Really <laughs> it's a sub-degree,
1: but I have a I'm degree. Pretty sure I art. have a
0: PhD yeah. in that.
1: <laughs> no, my, I have a computer science degree, but I have another degree in sardonic and another one in procrastination. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> so, life is interesting when you're me. <laughs>
0: okay, let's oh go
1: back goodness. to. Um, w- we're still talking about the three P's. So. And I'm losing my voice for some reason. Um, And I hope I'm not coughing on you. Can you hear me coughing? I'm trying to mute. Okay, good. My button is working. So let's go now to practice. I think we touched a little bit on that. But let's, let's go a little bit deeper if we can.
0: Absolutely. So practice is, to me, it's one of the most important, I mean, all three of the P's are important. Practice is essential. Because if we don't put the time in, if we don't put in the effort for intentionally working on these new behavior patterns, these new habits that we're trying to form, they will never get formed. We will consistently go back and revert back to where our brain wants to go, which is the path of least resistance. That is, It's going to go back to the worn paths that it knows and that it's familiar with. And so the practice is absolutely critical. If you think about something you tried for the very first time, how many of us are really good at something we try for the very first time? Chances are we're not. And that's because it requires practice. As we talked about muscle memory, things that we do time and time again, repetitions to create that new pathway for the brain to now go, oh, yeah, I like this pathway. This one's getting nice and worn. I'm very comfortable with it. But if you don't do the practice, that will never get created. It will never happen.
1: It's like, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, did you stay upright on the bike the first time? Nope. And not the eighth time either. So I quit. I don't like riding a bike.
0: Never did. And they quit. That's why they never succeeded. Right. And you just hit on the last P, which is perseverance. Only the people that continue to put the time in and practice are going to be the ones that succeed. Well, If not, you don't persevere, you will never succeed. No, you won't. But
1: how do you know when you're persevering on something that you should not be doing?
0: It's a great question. It's a great question. And I think that the thing, it's funny, because I was, I was berating myself a little bit the other day, <laughs> because I, I know better And I I recently got myself in a situation where my gut was talking very loudly and I I was rationalizing and overriding. I was pushing the override button on my gut, which is not usually a good thing because oftentimes if that gut is speaking very loudly, it's telling us something we really need to pay attention to. And Now, I have been blessed with another wonderful learning opportunity in my life, but I've had to go through a situation that I probably wouldn't have had to go through if I had paid attention. So to your point, I think it's when we really need to reflect on one, am I on the right path? Yes or no, for a number of reasons, asking yourself questions around, is this helping me progress forward? personally and my growth and my development? Is this helping me with, is this aligned with my values? Is this aligned with my purpose? Am I moving forward in in a good direction? Is this healthy for me? So I think there's opportunities to really check in and make sure that if we're persevering on something that we are focusing on and continuing in a good direction for us. And if there's answers to some of those questions that you ask yourself are no, then maybe that's where you start to go, well, maybe I shouldn't continue down that path. Maybe that's not a healthy place for me to be.
1: Exactly. And I call that listening to your gut. And Mm -hmm. I don't not listen to myself very often. But when I do, oh, my.
0: It's dangerous.
1: (laughs) It's ugly.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. And I again, I go back to, and that's where I talk about gratitude is is about outcome, because I'm now now having this new kind of ugly experience that I've gone through is another wonderful learning opportunity. I got to learn from that, and now when my gut is yelling at me strongly going forward, I will be more apt to pay closer attention instead of hitting the override button.
1: Yeah, I did that probably about the same time you did. And I had three months of hell before I was able to extricate <laughs> myself out of it. And I knew better.
0: I know, that's the thing we do. But for I some reason, better. we were just going... No. Oh, you're, you're just being silly about this. You really need to, you need to take some risks sometimes. I mean, these are all these rationalization that, you know, takes place and going on. Oh, that was just, those were the wrong choices.
1: Oh yeah. When my phone would ring or I'd get an email, I'm telling you, I bought a bottle of Tums and put it on my desk. (laughs) That Tums is now in the refrigerator. I no longer need it, but I did (laughs) it. It was my own darn fault. So. There you have it. Okay. I wanted to go to page 28. This is where I I have several sticky notes on here. You call it the Swagger Journey Commitment Statement. Mm. And we're talking about patience and practice and perseverance. And we have to sign this statement. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about that.
0: Well, the research shows that when we, I mean, it's easy for us to give up on ourselves because we're the only ones that know what we're trying to accomplish when you put things in writing, when you print it out, and more importantly, when you share it with someone other than yourself, you are more inclined to continue. Because you have now made a public commitment. It's not as easy to give up on yourself because somebody else knows about it. And I encourage people to to sign this, to date it, to cut it out, print it out, make a copy of it, put it somewhere they're going to see it on a regular basis as a regular reminder that you made this commitment, that you matter, that this work matters, and that you need to make the time to do the practice. You need to be patient, knowing it's going to take time, don't underestimate the amount of time it's going to take and keep going, persevere, and you will get to the other side. You know, if you don't have a printer,
1: and I've done this, if you don't have a printer and you really need something to be in front of you, grab some mm-hmm. back crayons and write it on your mirror in your bathroom. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's where you're going to be looking you, yourself dead in the eye and going, exactly. well, I don't want to really. Okay, let's talk about that. But so,
0: you made this commitment. Did you mean it? Or yeah, not? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. right.
1: So, you know, having it in front of you, I've got a big whiteboard I'm looking at and, you know, I cleaned it off over the weekend and it's all brand new, but now I know what, what is what I'm mm-hmm. not having to pull it out of the back of my head or go through mm-hmm. a notebook or go through my, my email. It's right there. And exactly. I can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to avoid it. Everything on here is very important to me right now. Mm-hmm. Except I don't have a commitment statement. I left a spot. I have a <laughs> watch, but it's going it's to be Left the me. space for it. <laughs> I did, actually. I took down a bunch of index cards. I wiped the thing clean, and I've got a whole section that's just because of this book. So... I would take a picture of it but there's stuff on this board that nobody should see <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's yours it's your it's board lonely. and nobody should see it except that's, you <laughs>
1: that's right so let's go and I cracked up and went okay okay I've got a spot and actually it's the biggest spot because there, you know I've got a section here section there section oh big over six but I've still got the biggest spot is honestly going to be for my commitments to me they're all there they're outlined but I'm going to distill it down.
0: It, it means it's, there's something that happens when you transfer something from inside your head to out on paper or to physically somewhere where, where it can be seen. And it is a dynamic that makes it real and really helps, it helps you own what you committed to. Because it's out there for you and everybody else to see in your case, you to see, but if you choose to share it with somebody else than other people to see it, but it it really does make a difference. It, I can't, I cannot stress that enough that it, you have to get it out of your head and out into the world.
1: Well, and the thing is, I don't know about you, but I have a very messy head. It's, there's a lot of stuff in there. I am the proud owner of a squirrel brain. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't keep it all tracked up or tracked down or found, I mean, I have to, I have to write it. I have to be able to find it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, what you're saying that really does help. And then that takes me this whole chapter. We're now in chapter three, once you've got the three Ps, then you're going to discover in your self-worth. And I think that's a toughie for Ooh, a lot. It's a people. really I tough mean, one. Jennifer, do we really know ourselves? I don't. I'll have people tell me things that I'm like, who are you talking about? you I'm not kind of compassion what are you trying to do ruin my reputation don't mess with my Uh rep what the heck
0: (laughs) no there was so this is such a powerful chapter I think and it's the reason why it's the foundational chapter and it's the reason why I started swagger the acronym with self-worth because if we don't develop this new relationship with our self-worth, the rest of the work really won't have as much of an impact. And it'll be a lot more difficult. And I think as I was going through this chapter, there were a lot of things that came up for me that we have Been conditioned for so long to connect kind of our worth and who we are to what we do or what we have or who we know and all these external things. And that makes our self worth really vulnerable because if those things change, then who are we and how do we view ourselves and how do we view our worth? If those things go away, then does our worth go away? And so one of the things that I wrote about in the chapter, and is really an important concept about developing this new relationship with your self-worth is disconnecting our self-worth from what we do, what we have, who we know, because we have to come to the understanding, and this is a mindset shift, I think for many of us, that we are worthy simply because we exist we were born worthy. It's innate. No qualifiers needed. And that's so powerful. When you grab onto that, when you really wrap your head around that, it's life-changing. It's truly transformational.
1: Well, it is. And, you know, I think we all come into the world thinking, who am I? Mm. What, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? And if we're paying attention, I think we ask those questions all the time. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, when I'm a kid, I'm going to grow up to be an astronaut. I was going to grow up to be an archaeologist. I hate sand. So that wasn't going to (laughs) work. But, you know, it's just we have to constantly be going within and saying, okay, who am I?
0: Yeah.
1: What am I? What am I doing here?
0: Well, think about how we introduce ourselves. How do we introduce ourselves even now when we're young, we probably introduce ourselves by, hi, my name is Jennifer and I'm five years old. We equate it to something and then as we get a little bit older, we'll say, hi, I'm Jennifer and I go to such and such school or I, I played this particular position in sports or as we get even more into our lives and more mature, we'll we might say, oh, I'm Jennifer and I do this or I'm, you know, the wife of so-and-so or the partner of and I have three kids and I I'm constantly adding all these things to me when really all I should be saying is, Hi, I'm Jennifer. Right.
1: You know, people, if they ask you, well, what is it that you do? Well, you know, that's easy. You know, with me, I can say, well, I'm a web developer. I own a ton of shoes. My closet looks like Nordstrom's went in there and threw up. And I'm a cat wrangler. Other than that, I'm not sure. (laughs) That's when you know you're in trouble. You don't really know how to tell people what it is that that you are you can say mm. what you do mm. you can't really say what you are because you haven't identified it t- to yourself I think that's right that's right that's right and I I'm think that's, kind of that's compassionate a- so let's get that out of the way <laughs> that's a- well
0: hang on we just talked about a story where you were kind to somebody else yeah but I'm over it now oh yeah moving on to something <laughs> <Yes>. else <laughs> moving on
1: from that I have a reputation god darn it <laughs> so- but, you know, you've got this wonderful self, self-worth self assessment. It's on page 33.
0: It's a pretty, eye, it's a big eye-opener for a lot of people. I've had a yeah, lot of people yeah. tell me they thought they had a really good sense of self and that they felt pretty strong in their self-worth. And they did that assessment and went, oh, well, hang on now. I got a little bit of work to do here. Well,
1: you know what I did? I did it, you know, just in my head, I did it, you know, the mm-hmm. first time I was outside on a bench with my dog and I went, okay, one, two, three. Oh, no, no. After I finished writing the book, I went back and I took it again. And it was different. Yes. Yes. It mm-hmm. was profoundly different, I have to say. Mm. It's like one of the things that uh, says I like myself better when other people think I look attractive. Mm. Oh, they would have loved me this morning. <laughs> 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 In my jammies and flip-flops. Walking right, right. <laughs> so, it's like, I look great. <laughs> but, yeah having lots of people that care about me makes me feel worthwhile.
0: I'm going to go with yes and no on that. It's these are tough. And they're really tough. Because I, I mean, there are three themes that really come out. And one of them is around how attractive you are to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. Another theme deals with the opinion of others toward you. So, whether or not they like you, care about you, proud of you, you know, those types of things. And then the third theme really revolves around performance. So, completing tasks, performance at school or at work, and really measuring your performance against others. And there's a reason I chose or I selected those three themes because those are really powerful themes that many, many people. Connect their
1: worth to. You said something, you know, really that kind of grabbed me when I started this podcast. It was about 15 years ago. This is an elderly podcast, by the way. (laughs) There were maybe
0: 10. It's (laughs) mature. It's a mature mature. podcast.
1: (laughs) That's right. I haven't. The host is not mature at all, but the podcast is. But I mean, there was maybe, and this is a gross exaggeration, but there were maybe 10 of us out there. We were just out there by ourselves doing our own thing. Nobody could teach us anything because
0: we just, hadn't done it. It was new. Right. Here, that's right.
1: But Larry Wingate, I don't know if you know who Larry Wingate is. He's the pit bull of personal development. And he, I think he's written either six or seven New York Times bestsellers. And he's been on this podcast many, many times. And the one of the very first things he said to me years ago, it was probably 11, 12 years ago, was that he had read a book and the title of it, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, was, what you think of me is none of my business. Mm. And I went, oh, my God, he he knows me. He's speaking my language because mm. I have never bothered to worry about what other people think of me. They don't know me any better than I know me. So why would I concern myself with that? And we can't possibly know what somebody's thinking, no. which can't. And if they're thinking something you know, quasi negative at this moment, 10 minutes down the road, they're like, Oh, I like her after all. It's too much
0: in flux. Yeah.
1: Just you're the person to pay attention to.
0: Well, and we're giving them too much power when we, I, and I talk about this in the book and I wrote about how. When we place that much importance on what others think of us, we're literally putting ourselves in the courtroom as the defendant, waiting for the judge and jury to deem us worthy or not. They don't deserve that power. They haven't earned it. Who gave them that power? You did. You did. Right? But you can take it back. You can take it back by choosing to say, you know what? I know I'm worthy simply because I exist. What you think of me does not matter. Now, that is not easy for us to to come to terms with, especially in the day and age we live in now, where people are focused on how many likes they got and who, who reposted this or who commented on and, you know, the bullying and the cyber bullying and all these things that we're bombarded with and this false positive world that people live in of looking at perfect all the time, which nobody is, by no. the way. not no. one, any no, None of us are perfect. We're perfectly imperfect, but we have to stop putting the power in other people's hands. Our worth does not belong in their hands. It's up to that, us.
1: Exactly. And my attitude has always been, since I was a small child, as far as I can go back and remember, but I'm not in charge of what you're thinking. I said that earlier, but mm. I just don't care. I have yeah. never cared. Part of that may be because I really am an introvert, but it just doesn't occur to me to be concerned about what you think about me unless or until you do something to, that is harmful. Right. I'm coming after you. Right. But right. for the most part, live and let live.
0: Right. No, but see, that's, I, I would have to say, I think based on the people that I interact with on a regular basis, that's a unique perspective, Denise, because a lot of people, they may say outwardly that they don't care. I really don't. But the, no, I believe you 100% that <laughs> I do. I really but, don't. But I, I would venture to say that a lot of people might say that, but they truly do care. And that's where, the, that's where the danger comes in for your self-worth because now it's extremely vulnerable because you've placed your worth in the hands of other people.
1: You have said it twice. Say it again. I want the audience to hear that because it is so important.
0: Which part? Placing your worth in the hands of other people?
1: That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. so dangerous. You're stepping yeah. into a rabbit hole
0: and you're no, going to break... Because- you 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 no longer have control over it then because you've given it all away to other people when you place your worth in their hands, when what they say matters more to you, and you connect your worth to that, you have literally given up all power and control over your own self worth.
1: Exactly, Jennifer. When we were yucking it up in the virtual room. <laughs> I remember asking you, could you come back? Because I knew we were not going to get all the way through this book. It's a fascinating book and so many valuable lessons. But I do have, just before we jumped on the call, I had a a gal call that she said, I can't be there on Friday, this coming Friday. And my next, I mean, I'm booked all the way through the end of the year. Anybody who wants to come on this show now has to wait until January. But would you be willing and able to come back on Friday? And we can I would delve. love
0: to, okay, I would good. love to, because we good. have so much more to talk about. We do.
1: I mean, I'm only, you know, I just put another card back in there and made a note. We're only on page 33. And to be honest, I want to go through the book one more time because Fantastic. it really, there were so many things that I go, well, I know that I know that. Well, Denise, why aren't you doing it? Good mm. question. But a lot of this is common sense mm. or it should be common sense is
0: not all that common,
1: yeah. but it's a terrific book. And I really do want to delve a little bit deeper. If you'll come back on Friday,
0: I would love to thank you so much for inviting me. Cause there's so much more that I would love to be able to share with people. Excellent.
1: Well, listen, before the, we get cut off. I'm going to tell you how much I sincerely appreciate your company today. And laughing, I mean, I don't get. To, this has just been fun. It's like we need to go have coffee.
0: Sometime. I know we should.
1: I'll meet you in the middle. I'm in Louisiana. You're somewhere else. That's right. I'll meet you in the middle. But listen, before I let you go, would you mind sharing your online presence and your preferred means of contact for people who wish to learn more about you? And where can they find this book?
0: So they can go to swaggeru, that's the letter U, swagger, the letter u.com. And they can contact me through my website. They can get the book through the website at any of their major retail uh, outlets that they choose to their favorite place that they get books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere really books are sold. Uh, They can also find me on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and so forth. Uh, if you look up swagger, you underscore Jennifer Sukalo, you should, it should pop up somewhere along the line.
1: And I need to ask you, is there an audible book or is that in the works? It
0: is in the works. Oh, I just wow. recorded it in my own voice. So it would be me just having a conversation with the reader. I'm so excited about it. I am I am working through uh, editing the, the edited files now, just re-listening to everything before we finalize it and get it out there.
1: Oh, good. I. This is how I like to absorb and learn. I like to read the book and listen to the book at the same time, mm-hmm. because it kind of doubles the the impact for me, you know, and I'll, I'll mute the audio and go, okay, hang on, because yeah, I want to go when back
0: look back and say, through. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but let me know. Be sure to let me know when it's out I there. I certainly
0: will. I absolutely will. There's a lot of people that have said, I I really just want to listen to it as well as as read, just as you said. It's just Or if they're on their way to work, they want to listen to it on the way or as they're commuting or whatever it is.
1: Exactly. Well, I will call you in just a little bit. And for our audience, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback really means a lot to me. So if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is really... That wasn't a question. Support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is very vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't hit the... forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. And be sure to go find Jennifer. Grab her book, and we'll talk about it some more on Friday. Jennifer, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me, and I so enjoyed our conversation. Can't wait for Friday.
1: Me too. I'll call you in just a little bit.
0: All right. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, Contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.